Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. So I should start by explaining uh, myself, I guess. If you are uh, part of the extended SKU universe, if you listen to Well Read this week, you already know this. But I'm back home in the uh, the hollers of Clay County, Tennessee, where I grew up. And so I don't have all my, my setup, my stuff with me. So I apologize for the lackluster audio and video quality. But hopefully, you know, it's manageable. You can handle it. And then next, starting next week. We'll be back to normal. So it is temporary. On that note, though, Cho, and I already told you this in a text message, I'm going to tell the rest of the people right now. Uh, I'm, I'm here because I'm, uh, me and my sister, my wife, and in laws, and my best friend, we're all like to sort of doing some work on the house I grew up in because we're going to try to sell it. So Katie's cracking the whip, you know, got me down there most of the day, each day, pretty busy. It's not a fun trip. I like to just come and get drunk on a boat when I'm back home, but yeah, sadly. It is not to be this time around. So my point with all that is, uh, I don't really, I don't have a topic uh, today. So we're just gonna see how it goes. But uh, play it you, loose. I, I just cracked a, I just cracked a couple of uh, beers. So we're gonna be loose. It's yeah. gonna be fun. You got a topic though. I do have something, and I'll get to it in a second. It's not really a topic, but I think it'll hit for people. But uh, yeah, what are you I gonna do. be talking about? I do. Uh, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the normal, like complete biography of a person that I normally do. But I want to talk about Thomas Jefferson, uh, particularly some of his time in France, because I think there's a good amount of overlap there. And uh, wherever that takes us, it'll take us. I could, and the reason I'm not doing the full bio on Thomas Jefferson is because I would I honestly need to wait for 
yet another episode when you don't have a topic so you can just let me start at the beginning of the show and then do two hours on it because it's a lot dude it's a fucking lot okay well that sounds like that'll hit so the couple of things i do have the first one's very short it's two weeks overdue i'm certain we've got some airmail about this or whatever but uh it i was somewhat embarrassed this is the type of thing that you'll understand immediately why i was upset with myself but a couple of weeks ago we got to talk about two live crew, right? And <laughs> yeah, we did. How you know their legacy was at the end of the day, they really did. Just I believe want we performed. Yeah, we performed their seminal hit. I'm sorry to cut you off yeah. there. And uh, while talking about that, I said it was wild that they took that sample from that movie, and I said, you know, the you know me so horny, me love you long time, right. you know, sucky sucky five dollar. Yes. Uh, and I was like, and I said, you know, from one of the great war movies of all time, Apocalypse Now, right? Which is such an awesome movie. It is an awesome movie. That is not where that is from. That's from another awesome war movie from around the same time, but a little bit later. It's actually from Full Metal Jacket, another of my uh, childhood favorites. Another one that both those movies, my dad, you know, like forced me to watch at yeah, too yeah. young age because he's like, you got to see this shit, boy. You know, and I'm like, I'm 11, you know, and fucking Private Pile blows his brains out. And he's like, ain't that wild? God damn, <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, <laughs> but like, I actually, because I saw Full Metal, well, first of all, before I go on, I want to make sure and say, shout out to uh, my buddy Maverick McWilliams, that's his real name. Jesus, Maverick. are you fucking kidding me? He's, a, he's, he's not actually, a quarterback he's a com- for the University of Texas or a pilot? He's actually, he is a comic in, he's a comic in Texas, and he's just a, he's a, a old boy dipshit, you know, he feels like he's from <laughs> either of our hometowns, you yeah. know. But he's he's quite a bit younger now, so he's you know he's like a, you know he's a little sweetheart, but also, uh you know country boy asshole whatever. He's a good time. He's originally from New Mexico and Oklahoma or whatever. He's open for me a few times in Texas, and Arkansas and Oklahoma. That's how I know him. But he uh, when it he uh, listens to the show, and when the show came out last not last Friday but the Friday before, he texted me immediately, and I was in Knoxville, and he's like, dude, that's Full Metal Jacket. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, you got uh, a lot of mail on that. Yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah. So I have no, I meant to call it out last week. And then, of course, I just didn't. Did I not call it out in the airmail? No. I mean, oh, no. Really? Cause I, because I know, because I would have, like, I wanted to do this last week. And then yeah. I forgot. If you had brought it up in the airmail, I would have immediately been like, oh, thank you. Cause I meant to do that. Yeah. But we I, got uh, actually four, we got at least four that I know of messages on it. Yeah. And ma- maybe it was just last week we ran out of time. Cause I did read a couple of long ones, but yeah, you got several. Um, I knew I would. Yeah, and, and I don't blame a- them. I would, that, that's one of those things that like, if I'm listening to a podcast and something like that happens, I'm immediately screaming at my own, you know, my phone. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Oh, for sure. It drives me crazy. And so I apologize. It's like I said, I definitely conflate those two movies in my head because of uh, aforementioned reasons. Like, but anyway, what I was going to say is I saw Full Metal Jacket so young, like that when I saw it again uh, as an old, like when I was like 18 or 19, that was the first time I realized that. The first half and the yeah. second half of Full Metal Jacket Two different movies. were actually the same movie. I had yeah. seen the movie at such a young age that I remembered both halves. Yep. But I thought that was two different movies. And when I was like, so I thought that Full Metal Jacket was just, you know, the first part with Vincent D'Onofrio or whatever. And I was watching that again at like 19 high as hell or something. And then that part ends and then the second part begins and it fucking blew my mind. I was like, this, this was the same movie the whole time. Like, yeah. I, so, you know, I was too young to even like 
remember that properly or whatever, which means I was definitely too young to have watched that movie the first time I saw it. But the same thing happened to me with Full Metal Jacket. It like I watched it as an adult not that long ago and swear to God, same realization. I was like, oh, wait, holy shit. Because, dude, they are like two separate movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they very much are. And for the record, when I watched it as an adult, it was I was fine. I don't like the second half. Like, I don't like it as much um but you know what what another phenomenon that's the exact same but with music happened to me that happened to me as an adult with the song band on the run by paul mccartney because that song is like four different songs all in one like you know at the beginning it just changes pace so many times you know what i'm saying like it's fucking it's fucking crazy i wish now, you can you you're you're uh you know you got to give me, give me some of what you're talking about. Uh, like, cause I, cause right now all I can think, all I can hear in my head is just, you know, band on the run. Like, well, I thought, like, and then it goes right back into this soft melody thing. And then it's like, uh, fucking God damn it. I can't explain it. I thought that everybody knew that. Like, I really want you to fucking, I want you to take a break and listen to the fucking song right now so that you can know what I'm talking about. I thought that you, I really thought you were going to immediately go, oh yeah, exactly. I mean, do you literally want me to do that and yes. edit that out? Yes, okay. I do. Three minutes and 13 seconds later. Three songs. Three songs. Yeah. And here's my theory on that. By the way, not to get in the weeds on this any further, but under what I perceive as copyright law, we should be able to play that since we were providing commentary on it. I think that's how that yeah, works. Yeah, it's, well, the thing is, like, since we put them on YouTube and stuff, like... They just hear the music and throw it off. Automatic. It's not even a yeah. they, it's a computer, you yeah, know, right. like, I, like, so I, this is a good opportunity to say, my special damn boy is available on my YouTube channel for free right now, everybody. You should go yeah. check it out. I knew this was going to happen, but it still was annoying the intro, I have a song by our buddy BJ Barham's band, American Aquarium, on the intro to the special and on the credits at the end. Oh, no. And uh, we, when we made the special initially to put on Amazon and all that stuff, like I arranged it with BJ, you know, paid him a little bit, you know, I mean, he basically let me have it, but I gave him like a nominal fee or whatever. You can Worked put a copyright out. license in your video for the record. Right. But so I knew it was going to flag it. But so when I upload it, I look at the options and like, you can like, I think you can like buy licenses through YouTube for yeah. certain songs, or whatever, but I didn't want to do that because I'd already bought Paid it. And it, it yeah. wasn't, there wasn't anywhere in there. There, all you could do was submit a claim that said like, it, it's like, you know, you can buy a license, you can do whatever, or you can like submit a claim that says I have otherwise made arrangements, right, you know, right, whatever. Right. And so that's what I did, but it, but that's like a process and it, it's like, you know, we have 30 days to review. So I had to get in touch with BJ and was like, check it. Anyway, all I'm saying is like, I'm glad you said that. Do it automatically no matter what. So it's just easier to not mess with it. Well, my point, my point is though, is that it's literally a perfect one minute and 15 of one completely different song, then another one minute and 15 of a completely different song. And then band on the run doesn't even really come in until the three minute mark, you know? Yeah, you're right. I, like you said, when you said band on the run, all I could think of was the, the band on the run part. Yeah. But my dad was a huge Beatlemaniac, Paul McCartney guy. So at, while listening to it again, I recognized both of the other two parts. Like yeah. I definitely knew them. I'd heard them before, but I don't know if I, you know, would have 
yeah. known or put it together. Those are the first two parts of Band on the Run. Yes, you know and my theory, and not, I won't say what my theory has always been, but my theory in the past year since this revelation happened, when I, and you know what I think that you, you said this to what we were watching, it was you were like, did they not play the whole thing on the radio? It's very possible that nowadays they right. don't because they have the whole like, hey, we got to get in everything under three minutes, you know. There's plenty of songs that have had like, a lot of queen songs on the yeah. album but the radio version is like three yeah. three and a half minutes long because they just cut out a bunch of stuff this is a very different song but i got reminded today listening to prime country serious satellite radio station you know which i'm mm -hmm. just i turned the rental car on prime country and i'm just leaving it for this whole trip on channel 58 baby just fits channel 58 while listening to that i got reminded i knew this but i got reminded that the song which i love this song the song uh state of mind by clint black uh -huh. it starts with like a minute long harmonica solo yeah, yeah, like yeah they don't do it on the radio yeah and it's like and you know when it starts you recognize like this is state of mind but it like it goes on for a while like it's a yeah. long ass harmonica a hitting ass harmonica solo too yeah. before the song even starts which like i think is pretty rad you know for like a radio yeah. single or whatever of course. to come out the gate like that it's pretty pretty sweet so i think that's what that, it is that, is that the regular radio doesn't play the whole band on the run, but Sirius does because they don't follow the they don't follow the like everything has to be three minutes thing. And so my theory on that whole song is that Paul McCartney had written two halves of two songs and and couldn't finish them and was just like, fuck it. And he just put it, you know what I mean? He's just like, just I, this I can, one song. yeah, because he's just Paul McCartney. Two, two, make it one thing. Yeah, Why because not? he's Paul McCartney. Most every other studio managers or whatever would be like, you got to flesh this one out or this was too long. But he's fucking Paul McCartney. Like this is his, wasn't this his first album after leaving the Beatles? Like, I have no idea. What well, whatever. Was. But like Paul McCartney doesn't get told you can't do this insane thing. So he no, just did. Yeah. And, and you shouldn't tell him that. But that's always been uh but yeah, that, it fits because like, and I don't think anyone else on earth has ever said this. This is going to be the first time anyone's ever pointed this out. So I look forward to how people respond to it. But I feel like the versatility of the Beatles and Paul McCartney. Unbelievable. You know, really one of their greatest attributes. I know that's a, a novel yeah. concept, but like the way they're <laughs> able to do pretty much anything, you know, yeah. and, and make it all hit. Yeah. Is I mean, really wild. To, to, to bring this back to the theme of the show, like you've said this one time and I don't know if I fully believe, I definitely didn't like completely disagree with you when you said it, but maybe I thought that you were being just a little bit hyperbolic. But yeah. when you said that, like the closest thing we have to Shakespeare is Paul McCartney. Yeah. And like, the more I think about it, it's like, that's fucking true. Like, yeah. Or it, I would it, just say the Beatles overall, the, the whole, Beatles, uh, yeah, the Beatles McCartney overall. and also the Beatles, like the, the Beatles overall. Over. And I think yeah. a lot of people maybe associate John Lennon more with the Beatles just because he's the one that got killed and maybe he was the most popular for a while. But like, especially if we're talking about longevity, which of course, John Lennon didn't have the chance to experience longevity because he was fucking murdered. Uh, but, but when John Lennon was doing some solo shit, a lot of it didn't hit like right off the jump. You know what I mean? I don't think that he'd be hitting right now the same way Paul McCartney is. Like, yeah. I think that well, he a would, lot of it also did hit. It did. But like, I think, writing. I think that John Lennon had already firmly set up shop inside his own asshole and that, sure. and that never gets better. It only gets worse because you true. just get used to the stink and you don't want to go nowhere else. You know? Well, dude, it's, it's insane that any Beatle hasn't set up shop inside their own asshole at one point. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it, it's like how wild it is that LeBron James has been like a model citizen Bieber his too. whole career. Like, 
because he had ESPN airing his like sophomore year high school game. Yeah. And he's like the next Jordan. And then he was and through it all that whole time, he's not done any crazy shit. The worst thing he's ever done is like the decision and like he went to a strip club with his wife and not going in on China. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. That's pretty much it, which is insane. We've said the same thing about Justin Bieber. It's like, dude, yeah, he's done some things that was like, quote, unquote, a little shit. But like the fact that he doesn't he's never committed felony assault or some shit like he's been famous since he was eight. And like the first person who told him that he hit was Usher. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He should have. So like. But yeah, I mean, I just think McCartney uh, is is. I mean, yeah, he, it, it's impossible to be Shakespeare just because, like, to be Shakespeare thousands of years or, like, several hundreds of years must pass and the lore must right. continue. But I think, and obviously, it will. It will. I don't know this, but I think in 500 years, I think people will be listening to talking about and studying the Beatles. The way I agree. Sh- I genuinely I, I agree. believe that. I mean, a couple of other notes on that topic. Uh, I saw Paul McCartney live uh, 10 years ago, the year my dad died. And, uh, you know, he was a huge Beatlemaniac or whatever. So I cried multiple times, obviously. But he would, so at that time, 10 years ago, he would have been, I don't, I don't know, 72, 70, 70 something, like mid 70s, I think, at the time. He played five hours. Yeah. No, left no stone unturned, hit like a motherfucker the whole yeah. time. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is, I obviously would have done this eventually, but before Bishop, when he was probably like six or something, I don't even know how, like, I literally don't even know how this happened, but Bishop like found the Beatles on his Ooh, own and got right. And loved them. Like really? said, his favorite man was the Beatles and lo- and he still loves the Beatles. Yeah. And like, I did not introduce him to the Beatles again. I would have, but he found them before I even could as like a six year old, I don't know, on YouTube or something which I thought was really wild to me because, again, you know, perhaps the, the spirit of my father guided him to the Beatles. I don't know. Or it's That's just, wonderful. just so ubiquitous. It's probably people. easier for that to happen now because of the Internet. You know, right. like when we were kids, our dads did have to tell us about stuff because it wasn't just going to be an algorithm click away. You know what I right. mean? But now, like as, as much bad as it, as it is that your kids could also very easily find something else that they're into that's horrible – but they also might accidentally just be like Fleetwood Mac. What is this? You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, I guarantee you after that, you remember that dude that was, a uh, he took that video of him on a scooter drinking like a jug. Uh-huh. of uh, I bet you Cran- a lot of cranberry kids, juice, right? cranberry juice. I bet you tons of kids found out about Fleetwood Mac that day. You no know doubt. what I mean? And that's no fucking, that's great. But with the Beatles, like, yeah, man, I mean, dude, we still worship, Mozart and Beethoven and all these people right. and like and and like their music actually wasn't their 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 them playing wasn't recorded it was just their symphonies right like they're have you talked about any of them no I haven't but I have that's several, a good subject it is some it, of them because I'm pretty sure Mozart shit uh well I'd say I'm pretty sure there was a massively popular movie which is actually a blind spot for me I actually never saw Amadeus I need to watch that have you seen Amadeus no, I haven't, but there's my Beethoven book right there that yeah. I'm the only reason I haven't talked about them is because they're another one like Jefferson that like I'm like, I want to know fucking everything before I open my mouth. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I'm pretty what, sure it's some wild ass stories it, around it, some of them dudes. Them, oh, it is. Know, and a lot of them, composers. a lot of them have fart bars. Do you know that? Yes. 
Mozart yeah. in particular, right? Wrote, Big fart bar. Wrote some fart songs. Yeah. Yeah. About and about anal and stuff. Was it, like was that. it songs? Was it letters or was it both? Like it was both. He he wrote yeah. like one of his things. It was either Mozart or Beethoven. I can't remember which one. Or it could have been um who was the fucking other one that hits real hard? Bach, Brahms. Bach, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. one of them, but like their move to girls would be like to write them a little symphony, you know, like Man. on a date or something. Yeah. I, I mean, so, so they would like, so one of them would just be like, I, I, I have prepared for you a song. And he would be like, mm -hmm. I want to fuck your butt in the mm -hmm. butt, you know, or whatever and fart, you know? And, uh, but like, my point is, is that their music, I don't think was actually recorded. It's just that their sheet music was then recorded by other people and their arrangements became famous. But Paul McCartney and these guys not only are going to have that advantage going forward, but their music was recorded. Interviews with them have been recorded. They were in fucking movies. Everybody, we don't, we, we don't know what the mania was around Beethoven, but we witnessed Beatlemania recorded. So like, that 100%, like, you don't see that shit nowadays, man. Like, you don't see, you might see girls going crazy for Harry Styles, but it was full-blown hysterics. Women mm -hmm. crying. Holy shit. Just because, and the first time they came to America, the first time they got off that fucking plane, there were people waiting on them, bawling their eyes out because these fucking mop-cut kids were coming to change the world. How is yeah, that not I think the way that everything just is nowadays, I think will probably prohibit anything like and i'm not oversaturation it also yeah right I, like it also would probably never happen again just because there never will be another the beatles again but i'm saying like even putting that aside everything is so like specialized and oversaturated and people you know people can find their own you know back then it's like it was just the radio the, yeah right my, you know what i'm saying it's like every you know just like with tv hit sitcoms back then dude like fucking 50 million people watched every episode or something because it was like the only thing on that night or right. like that type of thing it's just some of that stuff is just like gone forever agreed no what, and and with shakespeare even more so because think of like you never really hear someone go oh i love shakespeare and then someone go you know shakespeare's fine but i'm actually more of a insert contemporary of shakespeare playwright here who is right. it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, with the Beatles, there's going to be a lot of people that go, yeah, but the Rolling Stones oh, or yeah. yeah, but, but there's no yeah, but to Shakespeare. Cause they're like, we don't know about them because it, things back then had to be so profound to merit pa the passage of record of, of recordings and stories of it, you know, whereas now everything gets recorded. So you're going to remember everything. There's this, I know you're watching it too. And I don't know how far I am. I'm so like, no spoilers or nothing. I can't remember where I'm at, but we're both watching that show Silo. Which There's is five TV. episodes out. I think I might be caught up then, or maybe yeah. we saw four, but we're anyway. And again, no spoilers, but part of the premise of it is it's these people living in an underground society in a dystopian future. And part of the setup is in their past. 140 years ago. 140 years prior to the timeline we see, there was a big rebellion that destroyed the sum total of human like knowledge and history up All until the hard point, drives. Right? And so like, they don't even know the episode I just watched, like it illustrated that like, they don't even know there's stars in the sky right. or like, they don't know or anything who about Jesus the stars. Is. They don't know like, they have lost all of that. All they know yeah. how to do is live in this facility and keep it running. That's all they know how to do. But they made it clear that 
people are still at least vaguely aware of like Romeo and Juliet, right? right. Because it was people passed down story forming oral yeah. versions of it or whatever, yeah. even in this society over the years. And it's like, you know, I bet that would actually happen in a situation like that. Like some version of it, you know what I mean? Like everything else is gone, but Shakespeare still persisted in some way in this universe. You, and like, you would think, me. you would think though, and I agree, that's really awesome. But you would think though, that if Romeo and Juliet persisted, that at some point people would have still been talking about the sun and the moon and the solar system and the stars. That is true. You know what I mean? But that's like inside downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Under yeah. The ground, you know, yeah. like, but yeah, but that is a great, I'm so glad that they did that. Cause that's a profound thing of like some things, it don't matter what you take away. This will, this will continue because it just is. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing I did have is another uh, update from my personal life. The plot has thickened once again in the Crowder family backyard. Um, so <laughs> oh, no. I'll tell y'all what has happened. You know, as, as you remember, we had them hummingbirds. They were murdered, we believe, by the asshole squirrel in my backyard who I said, like, I'm pretty sure it's the same one. I see him around all the time. He's a little fuckhead. He's always messing with shit, whatever. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, got an update and... I don't want to spoil it, but I know some of y'all get mad if I don't say this, so I'm going to say it. Uh, trigger warning, this involves <laughs> dead rodents. So now you know where this is going. But the other day, uh, Katie, I was inside watching game six, Heat Celtics, right? And the Heat were up. The Celtics start coming back in the fourth quarter. Shit's like getting real interesting, right? The Celtics are on the brink of elimination. I'm sitting there watching on the couch. Katie's out back doing gar yard garden, doing shit in her garden or something. And then she comes in there and she's like, Trey, you have to come outside right now. And I was like, no. And she was like, <laughs> she's like, no, seriously, you have to come out here. And I was like, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, I just, I can't tell you. Just, you just have to come out here. And I, of course I'm like, oh, God damn it. I know. So like, you know. When does that ever hit? hit? Yeah. It, when does that once hit? And also yeah. it's like, well, you know, mom had to kill a spider or something like yeah. what's going on. So I go out there and she's like, go over there by the gate. Lately I see this <laughs> and here's another angle of it this so, uh he seems to have perished the asshole squirrel that lived in my seems to have all the seems to is i don't know for sure that that's him but i'm pretty sure it is because he's yeah. like the local you know backyard squirrel and they're territorial as i pointed and out yeah right so and like if you notice the door that's our back gate <laughs> he has lodged himself and under it and the door is like half open, right? So it's like I sent him like my slot, the Salina boys, or whatever. And Chris Key was like, So he got his ass stuck under an open door, you know? Yeah. Like, what a dipshit, right? We're all roasting <laughs> this dead squirrel or whatever. Uh, and but I think what happened was the gate was closed but not locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs up to get and he can like barely fit under it. He goes to get under it. He gets halfway through and his fat ass hits the <laughs> top of the gate and it starts to swing open. Yeah. And, and that gate, my yard over there is not heavy. level. So the gate gets stuck like this and you have to lift it up to open it all the way. Well, he's a squirrel. He can't do that. I can't do it. Right. So when the gate, when he pushes the gate halfway open, then it gets stuck. Now he's stuck. And he ultimately expired there in a real like uh, cartoonish fashion. His uh, his pose that he's in was you know something else. But here's what I think is funny about it. Besides everything, I was about to say know, that was you know, pretty but, funny. <laughs> but here's what I think is funny about it is that like of course no one's going to really care. But if this was like 
some kind of fantastical or cartoony like HBO murder drama. Yeah. Or like a true crime drama or something. That'd be the Katie's finale. ass would be going down. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Because it'd be some Andy Dufresne shit because yeah, like yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah. do it. I mean, I, at least I believe she didn't do it. That's like the yeah. first thing she said is she was like, I swear I had nothing to do with this. Yeah. I'm like, well, you doth protest too much, I feel, you know, come on. I didn't say you had anything to do with it. That's yeah. odd. You just come right out the gate with, I swear this wasn't me. Yeah. But like, uh, if you think about it in terms of like, if, if you know, again, if there was like a, the perfect crime, a yeah. squirrel murder detective, right. Who starts yeah. coming around, poking around. He's like, you know, what are we supposed to believe that this guy, you know, got stuck under an open door and couldn't, you know, shimmy out of it or whatever. It's like, and then they start looking into Katie's situation, you know, they sit Katie down an interrogator yeah. and they're like, they so, listen uh, to the podcast of all right. of us saying all they this. look at her, you know, her search history. And like, so, you know, tell us about these hummingbirds or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, and, and uh, what do you think happened to these hummingbird babies? And, you know, she tries to put it off and then it's like, well, we have these text messages here from your yeah, husband's yeah. phone <laughs> yeah. where you clearly indicate that you've decided the squirrel was guilty of a uh, hummingbird murder. Also your Google search history. Did you, or did you not on this date at this time, Google the phrase, how to kill squirrels, <laughs> best way to kill squirrels. Can you poison squirrels? Should I kill this squirrel? <laughs> and she just sitting there sweating bullets like, like, yes, I did. But it's not what it looks like. You know what I mean? How am and, I not uh, supposed to believe that this wasn't an act of woodshed justice, ma'am? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, yeah, it looks bad for uh, for Katie. You know, she looks looks pretty guilty. But I believe it was just uh, uh, an act of fake God or whatever. Or you know what? Karma. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's know. real. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, while we're on squirrels, I got a kind of a squirrel update too. You know, I've told you, I told you on the Well Read podcast that we, uh, that we have a, a mice problem because we have an old fucking house and there's holes in it and stuff. Well, we also now believe because we've had a squirrel for the entirety of us living here that acts as a woodpecker on one of our outside doors. It gnaws at this door and is like trying to come in. And we've recently heard a bunch of bullshit upstairs, and now we think that there's actually a family of squirrels living right over here in my attic. Because, like, mouses don't run real fast, I don't think. Or at least do that you, heavy. I have to ask, because this happened on the Web Red Podcast, too. Like, do you have some kind of something in your head with the word mice? Is I, mice I a problem for you or something? Because you kept, like... You know, you kept not saying my, and then you'd be like the mouse, the meat, the the mouse, mice, the mice. Like you have to force yourself to say it. And you just said mouses. Just I now. know what I know what it is. Yesterday, it's because my inclination is just to say rat because I think rat right. is funnier. And then Drew corrected me. He's like, well, was it a rat or a mouse? Because there's a big difference. And I was like, well, technically, I think they're mouse 
sit mice. And so I, I keep wanting to say rat and then I go and, and yeah, I'm stupid. You know how I am with words? Like I'm, I'm, I be know them. I know them. Right. I know words, but then my tongue get ahead of my brain, you know, and I just go. But yes, I do think I have a problem. Sometimes with some words for whatever reason are just, they don't your, work your, for me. Your brain is just like, that ain't it or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like man, I've, uh, I had to sit here and think for a second, but the phrase parting thoughts, right? Yeah, it's like, I always say you, farting thoughts on accident. I, I got like, farting parts, yeah, farting know, parts. Like that type of shit. Like it's so hard yeah. for me to say parting thoughts. Cause we'd have guests on our various podcasts, or whatever. And I typically at the end, I'll ask them, do you have any parting, parting thoughts? thoughts yeah. I would fuck that phrase up every time. It yeah. just, it, it don't hit for my brain. For some It reason. happens to me constantly. And I also am going through, they, they say that there's a thing called, well, there's definitely mom brain and that's like a chemical thing, but they say that there's like dad brain too. Like whenever you like for a while after you have your first kid, like you're so singularly focused on one thing that like your brain just shuts off in all other areas, you know, like you're, you're all you're thinking about is like, got to feed the baby, got to do this to the baby. And, and I've noticed that like, I'm just having trouble with stuff that I know for, I know these things. And I'm like, I can't remember them. I can't fucking say anything. And I've also been having that thing recently where I think there's a German word for it, where you say a word that you've said your whole life, but all of a sudden it don't feel like a word. You know what so, I mean? Oh my God. That I know. Are you experiencing that phenomenon right now? No, there's an English phrase. Okay, say that again. A word you said your whole life, but now it seems weird all you, of a sudden. You, you say it and you're like, wait, that's a word? Well, actually, this isn't exactly the same thing because this is when you like say a word a bunch or repeat a word a bunch and it starts to seem like it's not a real Stick. word or it doesn't yeah. make sense. And that that's called, I'm pretty sure, uh, semantic satiation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, it's, it's that because immediately is different. Well, I think I think I am like thinking of it and then saying it a couple times in my head, and then like, wait, what? Like the other day, it happened to me with futon. I was like, that ain't real, and I had to look it up. I was like, no, that is what that is, you know. Like in cer just certain like uh like I don't know, they'll just be words that are like such obvious words now, but my brain's just like, that's not right. I can't say that shit. Anyways, the fucking squirrel. Um. So we think we have this family of squirrels up here, and I and I'm explaining this to Amber earlier. I was like, "Baby, because we, we heard him." I go, "Baby, that ain't mice." Boom, nailed it. I was like, "That ain't mice." That I think that like some of our like squirrels have gotten into our house, and Amber was like, "Why would a squirrel want to be in a house?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And she goes, "That doesn't make any sense. Why would a squirrel want to be in a house?" And that got me to thinking. Though I was like, I was like, "Well, babe." Like, think about it from their perspective. They've only ever known outside, and they find this hole, and then they come in, and they see all of this shit. Like, do you know how fucking wild that has to be for a squirrel? Like, don't you think to them that's like stepping into another dimension or a planet to, like, come uh, in and yeah. Like, of course, yeah. it's got to be insane, especially when they figure out that a lot of that wild shit they see in there is stuff that hits to eat. Or yes, whatever. that's what I'm saying. I was like, why wouldn't a squirrel want to be in a house? Matter of fact, what makes what wouldn't make sense is if they left the house voluntarily. Why wouldn't they want to be in here forever? Now, granted, we ain't got nuts and stuff, but like, but like, I was just thinking about how crazy, like, the thought process of a squirrel walking into like a three bedroom house and just seeing stuff not from nature. Cause all it's ever seen its whole life are trees and grass. It's Cause it's crazy. also like it's warmer or cooler depending yeah. on the season. Yeah. There's like a roof over their head and all that shit. I mean, you know, I feel like if they get in there and they see your big ass stomping around, then not they're going probably like, Oh fuck this, you know, this, this ain't, ain't worth it. it or whatever. But 
initially yeah they'd want to check it out of course yeah so that's that's all i got on squirrels but you you talked about it and you what so you got both squirrels and mice in your house right now well yeah but what i'm saying is we thought the mice problem was way worse than it is because i don't think that that the thing that we thought we were hearing and and, and at first we thought was mice they got way louder and i was like i don't think that's my i think we have just a regular family of mice somewhere but i also think concurrently there's a family of squirrels living here and we had conflated the two in our mind to where it was just fucking loud a loud large family of mice but i think that there's also squirrels so we uh, are renting my sister's cat Mm -hmm. for the weekend i i will be a free plug for me i will be friday night at the carolina theater uh in raleigh north carolina or durham uh with leslie jones and then saturday I'll be at the Charleston uh, Music Hall with Leslie Jones. And so Kirby is bringing over her cat Friday to just spend the weekend at our house and hopefully eliminate this problem. Is it a big cat? What kind of cat is it? He a big cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, you you remember that Instagram? <laughs> you remember that Instagram video where it was that woman and she was she was like, a lot of you are overfeeding your cats. And she holds up a tiny cup of cat food and she goes, this is how much a cat should be eating. And then it immediately cuts to this like really big fat cat sitting there and he goes <laughs> not at this house player not around here <laughs> not around here he's one of them like he's getting big and he's feisty like he'll fight well, I'll say, if he real fat he might have trouble running them down no you know no I mean? no he will he's he's not he will be fat he's a fairly new cat but he's he's getting there you know what i mean he was actually he's one of those that's like real fat during the winter but he's starting to shed it a little bit you know but like no he's a savage though my point is he eat he be eating and he will he will fuck these I remember mice up. Smart Mark, remember the extended universe, told me a story about his dad and his sister. He said his sister had a real bad. I think they had rats actually, but it was like out outside in their garage and or like shed or something. It wasn't like in the main house, but it was in there fucking shit up, tearing through dog food bags or whatever it was doing. And she mentioned it to her dad, and her dad was like, all right, I'll take care of it. And he comes over the next day with this cage in the back of his truck <laughs> and he opens it up and this fucking cat is going, Rawr! you know, and fucking gets out of there or whatever. And his sister was like, well, dad, I don't, you know, I'm not set up to like take care for a cat. I take care of a cat. I didn't know a cat was coming or whatever. And he was like, take care of it. He was like, listen, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is a fucking cat. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're saying a little house pussy. Okay. Like this is, this is a cat. All right, and it's you know it's like it's gonna it's gonna kill everything out here. And be it'll like, it'll I, be I, fed, yeah. It's always funny to me that Mark's dad, in the span of twenty four hours, like went and wrangled a full grown feral, feral cat <laughs> yeah. from somewhere, and like knew exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. I, I, I can have you a feral cat by three thirty. Right? Yeah, and yeah. He did. Yeah. Like uh, that's some pretty red ass shit. I do need to point out, if not just for me, but for my wife, who is very uh, uh, anxiety riddled about certain things like this, we are a very clean people. Like, our house is clean. This is just an issue of our house being old and having holes. Like, we don't even let dishes pile up. in the. We do the dishes every fucking day. We're clean. We're not nasty people. We just have a problem. Just had to get that out there. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know, especially, I mean, you live in fucking rural North Georgia, like, you're going to have some critters about. And we used to have cats all the time outside of our house. Like, I don't think they were like feral cats. I think they were just people's cats that they just let do whatever they want. And uh, it's, you know, n- not 
not lost on me that I haven't seen those cats in a very long time because they used to just hang out at my house. And now all of a sudden we have mice. So I don't know if like randomly every neighborhood cat died at once or all the owners were like, we can't be letting you get out no more. But like pretty much as soon as I started noticing that they're not coming around anymore, because I put tuna and shit out for them, you know, all of a sudden we have a mice problem. So there is proof of how the ecosystem is supposed to work. Oh yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, that definitely checks out. Yeah. There's a neighborhood cat in Burbank, which has always been wild as hell to me. Yeah. That he's, is got, crazy. he's got a collar. His name is Dennis. Surprised I don't snatch him. Well, Katie, when Katie first found him, she assumed Dennis? he had gotten out. <laughs> it was. His name is Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, so great of a name for a cat. Yeah. Katie just assumed he had gotten out when she first saw him. He's got yeah. a collar on with his name and a phone number. And she texted the phone number and she was like, Hey, you know, your cat got out. Do you, you know, I, I can tell you where he is or whatever. And they're like, no, that's Dennis. He just, he, you know, yeah. he just runs around. He's all right. Leave him <laughs> alone. And I just like in I, Burbank's like the suburbs, but still dude, like, yeah, it's wild to me to just let a cat have free roam of a neighborhood like well, that. Like living where you do, leaving a cat outside. Sure. I get it. But. Yeah. 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 Well, and also the the area in which you live is like, look at my halo. I've adopted a pet central. So mm. you would think that there would at least be one or two people that were like, I can't, I'm going to take this cat. If their owner, if their owner isn't going to care enough about it, I'm taking this cat. You know well, what I mean? I, I got to say, I ain't seen Dennis in a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a tough time to be, uh, you know, an animal in my neighborhood right now. By the Apparently way. the whole world. I'm facing it too. Flies, there's, like a, flies. there's a shortage of outside cats. Yeah. And we need them. We do need them. Rutrow, Father's Day is right around the corner. And if you hadn't got your dad anything yet, don't worry. That's where the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, comes in. You and I both know that he needs some serious grooming in his life. So grab your dad, the Performance Package 4.0, and he'll thank you for helping him tame his beast. I know that's how you want to think about your dad for sure. It's a win-win situation for both mom and dad. Go to manscaped.com and use POA for 20% off plus free shipping. This will be my Father's Day, and as luck would have it, I already have all of my favorite products from Manscaped. The Weed Whacker is amazing. I've told y'all a million times, it's just so much easier to trim my beard and my head, being able to click a thing instead of putting on different guards. The nose clippers are amazing because I don't know if when you become a dad, something uh, like happens in your body that makes you start producing more nose hairs, but it's definitely a thing. Also, the ball deodorant. I Not just dads need that because your balls go right back to smelling like balls five minutes after the shower. I can't live without this stuff. It's amazing. So remember to go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code POA for 20% off plus free shipping. Trey, tell them a little bit more about our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and have perfected their game with the Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized grooming kit that says, your balls will thank you, on the box. You know that's going to hit for him. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. You might ask, how is this Lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, this upgraded trimmer includes a multi function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. This is a great feature if your father or yourself do a lot of traveling like me and the show do. It also gives you the ability to turn the the 4K LED spotlight on 
and off when needed for a more precise shave. You can now shave your balls in the dark. How about that? I'm not going to lie to y'all. It says 4,000K, and I'm too math dumb to know if they mean 4 million or 4,000. So it's a whole, it's a lot of LEDs, and it's real bright on your balls, which will make it easier <laughs> to shave in the dark. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. You ever seen a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose? I can speak from personal experience that that only gets worse with age, like everything in the world. But the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops. I can attest to that as well. It's a miraculous little device. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, crop reviver, ball toner, and crop preserver, ball deodorant. So get your dad a gift you know he will use. You get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code POA. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code POA. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. So this year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Do it. No more nicks and cuts on your dicks and butts. That's right. Yeah. I've got a couple of uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, things and 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 a thought starter that I went. I did. I talked to y'all about this in the group chat, but I don't know if me and you went back and forth on it. But it's something I wanted to actually talk about physically on this show because I think it properly fits the theme. And that is this: um, as you know, I am a father now, and by law, I have to have a. There's a couple things that I have to have: extra nose hairs, um, yeah. manscape. Check them out. Extra nose hairs a separate pair of shoes to mow in and mm-hmm. yes. and a passing knowledge of the founding fathers. Right. Yeah, that's, right. Uh, that's I have to, I have to uh, now granted, granted I, when where I'm from, a lot of people claim that they know exactly what the founding fathers thought about stuff, but they don't really, they just are like, yeah, he said that, whatever. But I like, between my my already interest in history i was like i'm gonna do the classic dad history shit and i'm gonna get really into this stuff right so i've been like hardcore into the american revolution i'm really i'm doing it for two reasons number one is for entertainment of course that's probably the biggest and two to talk about it on this show three because I, I do want to be able to slam people whenever they bring up the Constitution and what the founding fathers sure. would want, you know. And because of that, I'm not just looking at the Constitution. I'm doing like deep dives on individual founding fathers. And the first thing that I found interesting, this is not what I want to talk about, but the first thing I found interesting is, and, and it's this should be like, this should be just like, duh. But there's a lot of people that say things like, this is not what the founding fathers would have wanted. And they yes. never they never take into consideration that the founding fathers all had such different opinions on what should happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them fucking hated each other. Like yeah. we we always yeah, talk I've seen Hamilton. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I still haven't seen the whole Hamilton, but Hamilton gets brought up in my reading a lot of how like him and Jefferson fucking hated each other i mean absolutely hated each other and you know one of the big differences like thomas jefferson 
was a very oh oh let me say this before we get going uh because i was eventually going to get there but i know that if it's not the first thing out of my mouth somebody's already commenting thomas jefferson owned slaves yes. and was an asshole right right he didn't would, just own them he, yeah uh, he fucked them yeah, yeah he fucked them uh and Which all I that is automatically uh rape i would imagine although back it, then it, you couldn't it, explain it's it. it's legally I, well not you know what's funny because is because you're their in in nowadays it's like that's your subordinate but back then it was like you own them so yes, legally so it's, it's not it's property so he can yeah. do whatever he wants it so wasn't yes, a good look super fucked up not he had a look. bunch of mixed kids and stuff correct with his he did the hemmings no he did have a bunch he had like yeah. six or seven um and what's funny is that or not funny but like crazy is that because sally hemmings herself which was his um, lover slash slave slash, I mean, let's put it this way, concubine. Um, because she, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but she was Martha Jefferson, his wife. She was her, I think, half sister. <laughs> so like, Tom, because Thomas Jefferson okay. got her. Thomas Jefferson got basically all of his slaves from his wife in his dowry from his father-in-law. So it was his father-in-law. So it was his father-in-law. And Sally, his father-in-law had in Sally, Sally the same way that Jefferson then. Yes. Had, Yes. Yeah. It, so, yeah. It was lousy with that sort of thing back then. I reckon well, that was like one of their favorite things to do when it came to having slaves. For sure. I mean, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, if you're already a piece of shit, you know, right. like why draw the line there? But because of that, so she is already um, she has, you know, a great deal of white plantation owner blood in her. And so she's fairly light skinned. Ha Sally is. And then when Thomas Jefferson has kids with hers, mm. apparently, dude, apparently like, and the, and the term they used back then was mulatto. I know that's not politically correct, right. but that is what, that is how they would describe them. But dude, apparently the Sally Hemming and Thomas Jefferson's kids, a lot of them, not all of them, like they just straight up passed as white people. Yeah. Like if they didn't say anything, but they straight up passed as white people. What did he do? Like, so did like, but they were still, you know, bastards, right? Like, did he, yeah. the ones that could pass as white people, how did he treat them? Did well, he act like, hey, this is my nephew. He's white and he let them be around and hit, or did he make them slaves too? Like, what? I mean, how they were he... all, they were all slaves. He just had it under his thing that when he died, they would all go free on their 21st birthday or something like that. Um, but it's very weird because it was very much a hush-hush thing, you know, like Thomas Jefferson couldn't let everybody know that. And, like, there's a lot of people now that you say, like, oh, yeah, Thomas Jefferson had black kids with his slave, and they're like, oh, you're just, you're just trying to cancel the founding fathers. There, dude, there's so much evidence that it happened. And there's so much evidence in Thomas Jefferson's own writing. Another thing about him that was crazy, because I I, the reason I'm talking about him on the show in the American Revolution is because I consider him a fancy man, because he kind of was. I mean, he was the ambassador to France for a very long time and actually never wanted to come back to America. He wanted to live in France the whole time because he's hanging out there with John Adams and Ben Franklin. And one thing that they realized about living in France versus they were like ben franklin was the actual ambassador to france okay, i was about to say what were they all doing in france for so, so long just john adam john adams would just be over there from time to time with abigail abigail just like on holiday to discuss uh with thomas jefferson like things that uh things that the continental congress you know needed to uh needed to thomas thomas jefferson is like mensa level brilliant back then like yeah he's, right he's the fucking guy and what's crazy is like and everybody knew that, but he he was 100% not going into politics whatsoever. He was rich enough at 33 
to where he was going to retire for the rest of his, just not do anything anymore except for build Monticello. And his goal was to uh, try to make Virginia a wine state. Like he was going to try to perfect wine and figure out all the agriculture that he, and, and a lot of that came from his time, time in France. Like he was in France and he's like, you know, they're growing wine. And he's like, I fucking want that here. There's so many things from over here that we should have here. Just the climate didn't work and all this shit. And the, the thing that he loved the most though in France and Ben Franklin loved the most is that over there, everybody just fucked everybody. Like, like it was just mm. so much more free so Thomas Jefferson really Dude, got even back then. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Back then in France, people were like openly porking each other and arguably more. Arguably more. I mean, Thomas Jefferson That's had wild to me, dude. Because I think of that time and it's like, you know, seeing a woman's ankle was salacious. Not in France. Whatever, you know well, I mean? and maybe maybe that was true publicly, but like France then had the reputation of like everybody's just kind of uh, passe on uh, the uh, the marital vows and shit like that. Like they would, well, they would, they would be married, but they were like, yeah, my wife, she fuck someone else. That's not French. Yeah. She, how do you do French? Do French. I don't know. No, I don't know. The, um, I they don't are porking. They are porking. Yes. There's a pig. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, but so, they, I guess like you think about, like I've heard, I think I've heard it read before. Like Victorian England was pretty, you know, up, uh, uptight and yeah. prudish and stuff. And so much of what we think of when we think of that, and I know Victorian England was after this period, but like I think it colors a lot of what people think about that sort of period in general. Between that and like the way the Pilgrims was, yes. you know what I mean? Like the Puritans that came over, and, and that's stuff. what Thomas Jefferson didn't like about us, right? And I think that makes a lot of people think that just like everybody back then was like that all the time when maybe yeah some of them wasn't, especially the french that's true and also it's possible that we may be conflating the styles of the time for the sensibilities of the time because sure. like when you look at their dresses you don't think oh this is a promiscuous woman because they're all covered up you know but like and i was going to say that he he like he wanted to retire but then martha died and that was the love of his life. She told him, she made him vow to never get married again. And he held true to that. He did never get married again. He would, of course, keep porking, but he never got married again. So while hanging out in France, uh, he just goes over there to get his mind off everything. And Washington and them are like, well, we can use this fucking guy. Why don't you be the ambassador to France? And he's like, okay, whatever. I'll do some stuff. Then, of course, they convince him, hey, you're needed here. Thomas Jefferson becomes the he was the first secretary of state, the second vice president and the third president. Pretty good, you know, pretty good stats there. Uh, they finally convinced him like, hey, you're needed because, again, this dude was a fucking genius. Um, but he he totally wasn't going to get into politics. Then his wife died. He's just like, I've got to uh, I've got to make do with myself. But, yeah, over in France, man, like he was just living it up. He did not want to come home. He got really lucky because like. They finally got him convinced to come home from France being like, hey, we need you in the Continental Congress. Like, we need you to be here. You're way too fucking smart to be over in France. And he happens to leave like right as the French Revolution is going on. And even though he was an ardent supporter of the French Revolution, like it's very possible that he would have just got his head cut off. Just right. for being like he would have been associated with the yeah with the, with the yeah. bourgeois yeah with the bourgeois again he was an ardent supporter of the French Revolution now he didn't I don't think he thought hey we don't need to go this far and like cutting people's heads off like in his mind he was like we should do this gradually like the monarchy is bullshit but maybe well, we I don't know I get how you'd think he was bougie but also I feel like people if they knew who he was would be like 
This dude See, loves rebellions. This yeah, is one of the most rebelling ass motherfuckers of all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like it'd be a game recognized game of thing. Course. You know what I mean? Like, we're trying to do what you was doing, dog. Of course. Really like, uh, really like what you're about. And it's interesting that we mentioned, like, I consider him bougie, too, because of his sensibilities. He was definitely a renaissance man. And it's hard to describe anyone as a renaissance man and not think of them as sort of an illustrious, fancy being. Um, but over there, apparently, like, he was a renaissance man, but he didn't necessarily like how bourgeois they were and how up their own ass they were. He was a Thomas Jefferson was a very, albeit probably false like sort of like a, a Woody Allen way of being like, oh, I'm not good. I'm no good. My films are terrible. You know, like where you know it's bullshit. It's like you're just saying that, so you don't. Yeah, somebody tells him something. The Declaration of Independence. Man, he's like, oh, that. Yeah, oh, he was like that. He was that like old that thing. Like, like when he when he first Could became. Have been better. <laughs> yeah, he did think that when he when he first becomes the ambassador to France. They're like, oh, we see that you're uh, replacing. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, and every time anyone would say that to him, he goes, no one can replace Benjamin Franklin. I am merely his successor. So that was sort of the tenor in which he carried himself was like this sort of like humble, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you ain't, you ain't got a lot to kick it, bro. You know, like you're, you're one of the fucking dudes. Like this motherfucker literally wrote like 20 to 25 letters a day, like long form five. And this is, this by the way, is why we know so much about these people is because we get it from their words because the upper class in society took correspondence to uh, like very seriously. Like they wanted to communicate with people. And the only way to communicate with people was through the written word. And it's not like you're going to waste your time putting LOL on a piece of paper and fucking sending it. It's like, well, while I'm sitting down here to write, I may as well fucking tell you everything. But back to what I was saying about him, uh, sort of not respecting the bourgeois of France. He actually spent most of his time in France uh, wearing a coonskin cap just to be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I write stuff and blah, 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 but here's coonskin cap, suck my dick. The thing that I even wanted to bring up that I think, uh, I think is a good thought starter for this show is that I'm concurrently reading about the revolution. I'm reading about Thomas Jefferson individually. I'm reading about the first conspiracy uh, to kill George Washington in the revolution. But I'm also naturally, especially because I walk in a civil war battlefield every day, I'm always reading at least a little bit about the civil war and this wild phenomenon came over me the other day while reading back-to-back -back books on the civil war and the american revolution and it was this and i i, I kind of think i know why but i can't completely make sense of it the american the civil war when reading about the civil war it seems like you're reading about something that happened before the revolution in terms of they just seemed like older, dumber people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're supposed to, as a society, get more intellectual as we go. But when you're reading about the revolution, all of these people on the American and, of course, British side, it just sounds so um, – I don't – I'm not going to say modern, but it just seems like a group of people who had their shit way more together than us during the Civil War. And Well, I mean, yeah. They I did. Think, <laughs> right. I think that generally our shit was not – all that together during the civil war. Uh, right. But I, I mean, I can't, I can't really comment on that. Cause I have not read, you know, I was taught all this shit in school. I have not right. of my own volition gone back and read up on these two wars over the years. So I don't, I mean, I take your word for it, but well, dude, I haven't experienced that myself. Not, but also they were, I don't know about during the civil war, you know, I feel like less. So when I think about people like John C Calhoun and Abraham Lincoln and, 
Ulysses S. Grant and, you know, Robert E. Lee, the, the like primary figures in the civil war and the American revolution, a lot of them were like young as fuck. Right? Yes. They were very much like so. Very young dudes. A lot of the founding fathers, which is maybe also part of that dynamic you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson died at he died 50 years to the day after the declaration of independence was signed. And Hell. I believe, yeah, him and John Adams, both, they both died on July 4th, 1826. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I think they were like 72 respectively. So like they were in their twenties, you know, when all this shit's happening and, and it's 22, they were, but they were 22 years old, right? In the declaration uh, unless of I'm, I knew I'm, they were young, but like, dude, that's, and I know back then 22 was 45 or whatever, but I mean, still, well, dude. I mean, as I said, like the declaration of independence had already been written and I'm talking about him wanting to retire at 33 and only then coming back to become the secretary of state. And that's crazy mm. because dude, like, a, the Whigs do a lot of the heavy lifting on why they look way older to us. But like, yeah, in my mind, when we were kids learning about these people, and for the record, I mean, this goes without saying, but like, we didn't really learn shit. Like we right. learn, and we, and I, I understand why this would be happening, but like, we totally learn just the complete one-sided, just the hits, we're the fucking greatest, yada, yada, yada. Now, granted, I 100% believe that we were in the right on the American Revolution, but the way that we're taught about it makes it seem like everyone in the country was unified. Like, you know, they talk about being, everything's divisive now, but they're like, oh, see, back in that day, everybody knew it's fuck the Brits, and we were all together on that. And it's like, no, not even a little bit. There was a ton of fucking loyalists, you know? Right. And a lot, and I think that, like, even people who weren't strict loyalists, they were just middle ground where they were just like, I mean, look, it don't hit, but goddamn, I don't want a war. And like, that's a fine position to take, I think. Like, I, I'm so glad that the revolution happened, but I think that I can't decide. I think back then with my sensibilities, I would have been like, you know, fuck this taxation without representation, all this stuff. We need to be governed ourselves. But at the same time, I could see somebody being like, I mean, we ain't got it that bad. Like, but we is, we is England. You know what I mean? Like, that's who we be. We I was going to say it's wild that so many of the like landed gentry types were down with the rebellion, but I guess like they were the they, ones that Texas. were like, losing a lot of, yes. they were the ones that were getting fucked money-wise as bad as they were and everything. And also those are the type of people to really take umbrage at not being in control or not having right, you know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. like being told, hey, shut the fuck up, give me a bunch of yeah. your money. And do what I say. They're the type. Those are the types of people to be like, "Fuck that shit." I'm gonna send all these people to die in my stead or whatever. Not that that's what you know. All the founding fathers, the founding fathers hit for me too. But I'm saying, and a lot of them fought. You know, like I, I mean, guess like the people that were tended to be loyalists were the one just kind of like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I got a kind of okay thing going on here. I don't, I don't. We don't need to rock the boat that much. I got nine children. Yeah, you know, nine I, surviving children. I'd rather yeah. they not all die in a war. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think it was like a radical thought to have that was just like, let's not go to war. You know what I mean? I can mean? remember my introduction to that concept was the seminal classic uh, from Crazy Mel Gibson, uh, the, the Patriot. Well, he was the star of it anyway. The Patriot, 98, 99, something like that. I believe it was actually uh, 2000 or 2001. I think okay. it was the same year as Gladiator by the, that the would seminal be classic from Ridley Scott. Right. I'm pretty sure that those movies came back. 99 or 2000, somewhere yeah. around there. But anyway, fucking loved that It's the movie. best. That, dude, when I was, and it's still, I still think it kicks ass. It's, but the, like, it's one of the best movies ever. 
but when I was, yeah, when I was, you know, a teenager or whatever at the time, I was like, this is literally one of the top three greatest films ever made in the history of cinema. Me too. That's how much I loved it. And that was my introduction to the, to the idea that, there were people on the other side because they had that neighbor dude played by Adam Baldwin, uh, yeah. a noted lunatic, I believe nowadays. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he uh, and he was a loyalist. Yeah. And I remember thinking and it's like and he was presented a bad guy or whatever. But again, at like 13 or whatever, you see this dude. And, and you know, it's just immediately like, what, what a piece fuck? of shit yeah. this guy is like. He's on the British side. Yeah. From here, like, well, how, how could how could you possibly be that much of a dick bag, you know, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. And also while we're on the Patriot real quick, that do keep going on the Patriot, please. Jason Isaacs, right. Who I think is, he's great. So underrated. So underrated. he's very underrated. And I've loved him since the Patriot. The born. He's so great in the born movies. The, he was, you know, the villain in that movie, which I can't believe I can't remember his name. I I meant, I meant, uh, Harry Potter. He, the, he, he's Lucius Malfoy, right? Yes, he is. Yes, 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 yes. Lucius Malfoy. Uh, anyway, he plays the main, the primary antagonist in the Patriot, and he's just so evil. I mean, kind of over the top evil as an yeah, adult. Yeah, no, he like, chews the scenery he boy. Chews and the he's scenery awesome. up. He's so great in that movie. Well, I remember hearing for years, I just like heard, saw on the internet and stuff that. So first of all, that was that colonel or whatever his rank was that he plays in that movie. That was a real guy, a real British soldier in the Revolution, right? And I remember hearing for years that his descendants, his like surviving family, you know, from from nowadays, uh, was real upset with his portrayal because he, he is like, like cartoonishly evil in that movie. And they're like, "Listen, this this ain't fair. That's not cool to do something like that." He was a real guy. This is bullshit. And they, I don't know if they tried to full on sue, but they made a whole stink about it. I remember hearing that, but I never looked any further into it. Right until like two or three years ago, I rewatched the movie. I remembered that, and I went and actually looked that up looked up the real guy and like he was a pretty horrific piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't like in my opinion, like I looked yeah. at, I remember looking up and being like, Oh, I'm going to feel bad for this dude. When I see how he was really an upstanding soldier, or whatever else and I'm reading through it. And I'm like, I don't know. This dude don't seem like he hits yeah. to me. Like, yeah, I, don't yeah, know yeah. What the fuck, I don't really know where his family gets off. Like, I feel like they might've been a little bit, you know, over the top, but he he kind of sucked. I was gonna say that that's like, oh, that's the same thing that happened in Titanic, but not actually because you just said no. that he really was a piece. Of, do you know the story no, I'm yeah, talking about? Was, yes, I do. It was it the the guy that like the guy that shoots himself shoots. and like yeah, yeah. Uh, he that but that apparently and this is true. Like he's you know kicking kids off the lifeboats and shit or whatever. Apparently that dude not only didn't do none of that shit. Like he heroically saved a lot right. of people. Dude, and that's like I fucking love just Jim just name Cameron him something and else, right? But that is like that's fucked up man that's so fucked up yeah imagine like, I, like dying an actual hero like that and then for no reason at all no reason other than like just dramatic license yeah you get portrayed as you know the exact opposite like a just absolutely you know horrific asshole yeah like that's uh, obviously he's dead he's long dead it's yeah but like his family's not i know no, dude, that's that shit ain't cool. Like you, I'm, you, uh, you ought not do stuff like I, that. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like even 200 years from now, if I'm dead and gone, if some, not that I'll ever make this big of an imprint on life, but if somebody like makes a movie of, and I'm a character in it somehow, and they're portraying me as like this horrifically racist alt right comedian from the south. I hope my family sues them motherfuckers into oblivion. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, it just made the story better. Well, then don't call him a real guy. <laughs> don't, you know, just name him something different. Um, 
what were we talking about? Well, I want to say real quick, because I want to look it up. Remember where I was coming from, just so I don't get more corrections, emails. Uh, First of all, the guy, the character's name was William Tavington. And I guess that wasn't a real guy, but he's based on a real guy with a different name. And uh, that dude, I don't know. I don't have time to look into it. Anyway. Well, if they named him something different, that's fine, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. It makes me wonder how the how How the family. family You know what it is? You know what it is? It's fucking they see someone being portrayed as a piece of shit and they're like, they're talking right. about my papa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's I don't like, know. now I'm mad at myself. Cause I remember looking this up and thinking that, but I can't find what I was talking about. Anyway, it don't matter. It's like, if you post something that's like, I hate racists and someone's like, Hey, why you got to talk shit about me and my people? And it's like, I didn't say anything about you and your people. I just said, I hate racists. If you, if you hear the phrase, I hate racist and it makes you think of you and your family, then maybe you're racist. Um, yeah. But anyways, as you were talking about back in the in the revolution, I mean, like, yeah, you look back now and you're like, just because someone wasn't completely full tilt on board, let's go kill British people. It doesn't mean that they were a bad person at all. And and frankly, I'm not even I don't even know that just being a lawyer because a lot of those people, I wouldn't necessarily call them loyalists like loyalists to me is like we hate the revolution and what you're doing. Fuck you. We're Britain. But being someone that's like, I hear you, but can we not have everyone die? Like we got a good thing going. That's a little bit different. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it is, it's just kind of weird looking back on it and going like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like to them, they're like, okay, guys, but we're not our own country. We're, we're England. You know what I mean? We're a colony of England. That's always been how it is because like, you know, it's, what we did is not what we did in the American revolution is not all that different than what South Carolina did when they seceded from the fucking union. You know what I mean? It's not, we were a continent away. Yeah. The, the, the reasons, the reasons why rationale dude. Yes. Pretty different. That goes without uh, saying that goes without saying the main thing that is the main thing that goes without but what i'm saying is like we did that was us seceding from our country you know what i'm saying um but but yeah dude we hit though you know what i mean we do hit yeah and that's what by the victors exactly exactly off so 100 yeah i mean it's just like why you know uh we look at stalin's war crimes but not at churchill's you know what i mean like i don't know what you don't do scoreboard like and it's the same thing with us like we don't look at a lot like every fucking president that has been in war has committed atrocities and war crimes it's just that you go well who was the most right in the war? Well, if that was us, then our war crimes don't fucking matter. But yeah, these dudes were like super young. And, but a lot of, a lot, a lot of really what I wanted to get at with Jefferson was like, how, like he sucked, he owned slaves. However, he did something that it did not make up for it, but it definitely don't hurt. Um, Thomas Jefferson was super into French cuisine when he was over there. They used more butter. They had more breads. They had more pastas, right? Mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, well, yeah. his slave, but but because he made his slave do it, is solely responsible for us having macaroni and cheese. That's what's up. Dude. I, that, that's what's up, but I'm, I'm also a little upset that, like, I did – I thought that I never had looked into it, but I thought mac and cheese was like one of the quintessential American dishes. Like well, I didn't we know American I did that from the French, yeah. you know, because I t- look, dude, I fucking love mac and cheese. It's the best. But I figured on like a culinary level, 
that it wasn't fancy enough to be French in origin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like well, I think there could have been off. I, I I thought that was some. Well, we Ameri- you know, we American it up, American dude. Shit. We American it up because, and I don't I don't have this in front of me. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just going on like what I do know about the French and what I think could have possibly happened. I assume that the original mac and cheese was like pasta with bechamel sauce. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With like they would put cheese in the bechamel sauce, which you know, there's a big. Over like there's a big Venn diagram with bechamel sauce and fancy people and in rednecks because bechamel sauce, if you add sausage and pepper to it, is fucking gravy. gravy That's all yeah, that right. is. That's literally right. all that is. Like people talk shit about gravy and how trashy it is, but it's like in order to make gravy, you must first make bechamel sauce. So every fucking croak monsieur that you've ever had in your goddamn life, put a little sausage and pepper on it, and you've got a sandwich and gravy. I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, and that hits for me, and I love that. But yeah, yeah, that's one of the uh, that's one of the the mama sasses, I believe. Yes. Oh yeah, my mother sauce. I don't know the it, rest of them, but it's uh, a mother sauce because I mean, yeah. dude, it, you know, it's it's a roux with cream. You know, mm-hmm. it's a roux with cream, and then you could fucking do anything to it. Um, but but yeah, so he is responsible for like us having mac and cheese again. It's because he taught he he told his slave he's like that hits for me. Keep doing that when we you know come back over here. Um, he also you know like. He got the Virginias more into wine like that. He was like a big fucking wine book guy, like everything that you consider like a fancy uptight prick like this dude was. He was, you know, he wrote, like I said, he wrote 20, 30 letters a fucking day, was crazy. Um, he also did this thing. This isn't really fancy, but I think that this is a interesting. He, and again, this goes back to, this goes back to all the founding fathers did not want the same thing. It's just that they all threw shit against the wall and then they were like that, 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 okay, that you've got to take the hit on that one. We'll do that, that, that he actually wanted all the laws to reset after about 19 to 20 years, because by his estimation, that's what a generation was. And he didn't think it was fair for people to be governed by the laws of dead people. Well, he was imagine like, that. What yeah, a novel concept that yeah. is. He was like, he was like, there's no reason. He goes, think, he goes, because, because by the way, he want, he wanted the Constitution to be that way too. He wanted every 20 years to do the Constitution over. They finally came back to him with like, hey, what about just amendments? And he was like, okay, sure. That, because he was also he was pragmatic. He had these ideas and was like, okay, I can right. see how that doesn't really work. Because one of the things, and John Adams talked him out of this one, but he goes. I think that every 20 years we should look back at all the laws and have everybody vote again on them. And his reasoning was, he goes, if you, he goes, if you vote in a law this year, then by next year, yes, of course, there's going to be people who have died and there's going to be people who have come of age. But for the most part, it's the same people voting year to year. But within 19 to 20 years, it is a completely different group of people voting. And it's not fair to them that they have their lives decided by what people thought back then when we all know things and sensibilities change and we learn more. Like Thomas Jefferson's heroes, when him and him and uh, um, Hamilton were having an argument one time, they were talking about the world's greatest people. And Thomas Jefferson was like, all of his were like Aristotle, uh, the uh, what's the math guy or plato pythagoras Pythagoras, these were all his yeah these were all his 
and the dude in the, the hobo in the uh, the hobo in in um, in, in the Diogenes. bucket. Diogenes, yeah. He thought that these great thinkers were the greatest people that had ever lived. He's like these mathematicians, these people that like gave us the foundation for learning and how to apply it to things. And you know, fucking Alexander Hamilton was like, no, the greatest person ever was Julius Caesar because he fucking conquered everything, and that's what we need to do. Like. If Alexander Hamilton, and I'm sure that they talk about this in the play, but if he had his way, like America would have never quit conquering places, which I mean, we kind of do, you know, like, but like we, we don't conquer anybody. We save them from democracy, you know, Um, but that was his thing. So like, if you go back and look at the two, like Jefferson, it's hard to call someone a liberal leftist when they own slaves, but he was about as much a one as there could be. And uh, like I said, he wanted he. Oh, the thing that John Adams talked him out of was he also said that any government debt has to be what if you if you take on a project in America, whether it be a war, whether it be this, this or that, you have to pay that shit off in 20 years because it's not fair that this generation has to pay for something y'all did. And his main reasoning for believing that was a complete personal reason. It's because. When his dad died, he found out all of a sudden that he was in extreme debt for nothing that yeah. he did, for nothing that he did at all. Like he's ready to retire at 33, right? His dad dies. He didn't know how much debt his dad was in. All of a sudden, he's running Monticello at a loss for the first time. And he and Jefferson actually died like very heavily in debt. And it all it it just always pissed him off because like he didn't do any of that shit you know, on like, it wasn't his money. So like, he was all about that. He was all about like changing that shit up. We should change the laws. And like, frankly, you know, I, like you said, the whole constitution, I don't know, but like his brain's in the right place. Cause he was just like, look, we don't know in 20 years if what we said now is going to apply. You know, I'm not going to say what amendment I won't say what amendment. Cause that's not this show, but there's certain things that we put in that document in 1776 that don't really fucking apply right now. And if we had mm-hmm. by Jefferson's brain, you know, it would have, uh, it would have been that way. From um, a practical standpoint, I have to say like, I love the idea of that, but dude, imagine our government, like, Oh, I know. Constantly reviewing 20 year old laws and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And trying to decide what they should It'd take be up so much time, stuff. dude. We'd still be, we'd have a backlog from like 1873 or something right now in present day, probably if that he, was happening. But he is the reason, by the way, that presidents have terms uh, because he like they he noticed that there was nowhere in our law that said that a, it basically said like a president could just keep running. He's like, and dude, that he's like, guys, that ain't going to be good. You know, what did he make it for? Because didn't uh, wasn't FDR? FDR would, yeah, he, I don't remember what exactly he made it for, but it was I think it might have been four terms. Yeah, it wasn't two. Though, it wasn't two because FDR was three. But it was like there has to be a time when this fucking dude gets out. And he was never about anyone having lifelong shit, even though like that, you know, that did happen. But like he was never, never about any of that shit. Like he bucked heads with all those dudes. Like it really is surprising. And, and like he's like a, you know, I think used to when I'd hear people say like, "Oh, Thomas Jefferson, there's a complicated guy." I was like, "Oh, this is just someone." That's what people say when someone says, "Hey, Thomas Jefferson was a racist." They go, "Ah, he was a complicated guy." And it's like two things can be true here. He was a racist and he was a complicated guy, right? Because no one actually pushed for abolition more almost in the history of our fucking country than Thomas Jefferson. 
even though at the time he's got 200 slaves in his employ. And so what he's like, listen, we ought not have slaves. Nobody should have slaves. But like, if people are going to have slaves, yeah. obviously I'm going to have slaves. Yeah. And a lot of it, a lot of it, dude was like, uh, when he, he sort of has this epiphany when like he gets Martha and they have these slaves or whatever that I think he started feeling like this. Cause he was just like, dude, this ain't right. And then what I think happened is he found out he had a bunch of debt from his dad and he was like, well, fuck, I can't get rid of them now. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, no, I need my slave. I need my, it was exactly that, right. dude. Like, no, I need my slave. So, so he, um, he actually, one of the first things he did when he joined the Continental Congress, um, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. I don't have notes. I, I'm just talking. Uh, one You're of the, hitting. one of the first things that he did when he joined the Continental Congress was he proposed a bill that stated basically this, because they were constantly adding states you know, like the Louisiana Purchase is going on around this time where we basically stole that motherfucker from Napoleon for like two cents a goddamn acre or something like that. Um, because it, we had to because we were trying to prevent Napoleon from coming in. Napoleon very much had the idea of like America is about to be mine, you know. And so he um, they were adding new states all the time. And he said, he goes, all right, here's the rule. Here's how we can do this without ripping off too much of a Band-Aid. Any new state that comes in to the country can't have slaves. That's how we're going to do it. As we grow, they won't be able to have them. And that's how we can sort of curtail this whole situation. All that he needed in order for this to pass and for slavery to be outlawed in any new states, which would have been, you know, when it gets time to the Civil War, that would have been a fucking lot of them. Yeah, most, uh, most, of, them. Of, most of them. All that he needed in order for this to pass, was every North state to say yay for the bill, right? And every North state did say yay to the bill. Here's the problem. New Jersey had two delegates. Their one delegate says, yay, this is what should happen. Their other delegate, who everyone knows would have absolutely said yay, called in sick that day. So New Jersey's, they canceled it out. If you're, both your delegates aren't there, you, you're essentially a nay or you just don't count. And I know, right. and the and and the bill did not pass. And if that bill right there passes, I'm not saying I'm not saying there never was a civil war. It's possible that that could have been the start, technically, of a civil war. But I'm saying that the American Civil War, as we know it, I think I can confidently say that it would not have happened. Like it, it that one guy being sick. One fucking guy being sick. That's so wild. So because that one dude, old Nathaniel, whatever the fuck, because he got the John got Beatty. The cold. John Beatty was. I remember so much. Oh, his name was John, John Beatty. That's John the guy Beatty. That was sick. Yeah. So because John Beatty got the cold. Uh huh. That's why the Civil War happened. Yeah, and that's my modern day argument of uh, if you're really old and sickly, you shouldn't be serving in our country. Right. You know what I mean? Because like shit like this could happen. Um. But yeah, and he was like, he constantly was talking about how we need to abolish slaves and yada, yada, yada. And like, you know, he did have a thing where he's like, as soon as I die, all mine are going to be free, you know. And like to, to all historical knowledge that we have from his letters and everything, like he did truly, he did love Sally. I mean, he had a relationship with her. Like he enjoyed her company. He wasn't just purely using her as a concubine. I mean, listen, he shouldn't have been doing that. He was bad, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's just really weird how, like, and, and the reason I wanted to even point that out is how, like, 
if you just go by the shit that Jefferson says, you didn't know anything else about him. You just went by what he says. You would go, this is one of the most progressive men, one of the greatest men in history. But then you look into it and you go, he also owned 200 slaves. My point mm -hmm. being is that how many people today would 100% have slaves <laughs> if we could have slaves? Even the people who are saying all the fucking, because this is a guy who was trying so hard to make slavery not happen, and he had slaves. So, like, bruh, Jeff Bezos, Elon Dude. Musk, they'd have, oh, and they got as close of as they course. can to him anyways, you know? I'd love to have slaves, man. But, but it's just like, so hard for them. That, that's just such a wild example of hypocrisy of like, yeah, he's trying to implement all these things that are great, but behind the scenes, he ain't living by fucking none of them, you know? Um, I want to talk more about Jefferson later. I've, I've said enough today, but I do want to leave before we get to the airmail with this one, because it sort of calls back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, and I almost said it then, but I wanted to save it. Uh, and this is just a little, little anecdote, but when he was over in France, he would travel to, he, he, you know, he, he really wanted to be a well-traveled man. Um, his, his father like beat it into him that like, you know, back, back then it's crazy. Like, the rich and the powerful were also expected to be really smart, mature, and mm -hmm. good leaders and stuff. Whereas now, really rich people just do whatever the fuck they want, and they don't have to do none of that shit. But, like, they would basically be like, your burden as a, a man of this wealth is to do good, is to know a lot of things, is to be worthy of your title. Like, that was the, that was the gentry's whole thing. Again, then they would go beat a black person. But... That was how it was back then. So he was very interested in knowledge. So while he's over in France, he takes a tour of like England. And there's a passage in the book that I'm reading, by the way, I'll cite my source here uh, for most of this. Most all of this is a book called Understanding Jefferson. It is great. When I first started it, I did not. I thought oh, this might be one of those books that like is just going to kind of hand wave the slavery thing. But they don't at all. Like there's three, four whole chapters on it. Um, so when he went over to. Uh, England, he goes to Stratford-upon-Avon, and it talks about how even then he had to stand in line to see Shakespeare's house as it was already a tourist attraction. And, like, duh, because Shakespeare was from the 1600s, you know, but, mm -hmm. like, it's fun. It's so crazy to think about how much older Shakespeare is than all of this shit because, like, yeah. even to those people, they were like, that guy, Shakespeare, from a fucking long time ago, yeah. we got to see his else. house. Yeah. Right. So... Uh, that's a little bit on Thomas Jefferson in uh, France. Would you like to get to a little bit of airmail, Trey? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is from our friend Bella. Uh, <laughs> the subject line is Chalmondley and Depression. Hey, Corey, in case no one got back to you on it, my friend put this out, and he says that Chalmondley is pronounced Chumley. That was from Operation Mincemeat. Also, mm. if the depression is creeping up, if you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy sort of humor, I'd recommend Terry Pratchett's Reaper Man. I know a comedy about the Grim Reaper thinking about quitting doesn't sound funny, but it really is. Oh, have you ever heard of that? Reaper Man? Um, I, I, I've had Terry Pratchett recommended to me a lot. It's one of those things where it's almost like I just don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got exactly. a massive uh, bibliography or whatever. Uh, but everybody raves about him. It's supposed to be his shit's supposed to be funny. I knew that. He I've had, heard the name. The I knew he had a version of death that was like, well, I don't know. You remember how I talked about like having the realization was like death was kind of cool, really. Like the Grim Reaper is kind of cool, you know. But why a skull and all yeah, that yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we talked about on the well-read podcast um after saying that i remember finding out that pratchett had a version of death as a character that was like you know not what you typically see but that's all i know about it he's supposed to hit so i've heard i've definitely heard that name uh before terry pratchett he's a brit right I don't even know that it sounds like it. I just I think know. that the I, I maybe I, because the dude that wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy definitely was. Yes. And uh and I had just yeah, Douglas Adams. For context for yeah, Douglas Adams. For context everybody, I don't think I talked about it on this show, but I had just like offhand mentioned on another podcast that I was sort of getting depressed and I needed a recommendation for like a book that's sole purpose was to make me happy and someone recommended Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and whoever you were you nailed it uh, because I'm really, really, really enjoying it. You read it, right? Oh, I, dude, I fucking yeah. love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Terry Pratchett it is or was an English author, and I said he's got such a big, you know, a large oeuvre or whatever. Yeah. So I knew his best known thing is the series of books called Discworld, the Discworld series. Yeah, forty-one novels Jesus, in the Discworld dude. series. First one came out in 1983. After that, he wrote an average of two books a year. That's crazy, man. That's I, insane. I was just reading about uh, Stephen King and his prolificity. Is that, is that a word? Prolificity? How prolific he is? His prolificity? I don't know. Maybe. I, well, you know what I mean, though, right? I if know I, exactly if what I mean, was yeah. to say his prolificity, you would immediately know what I mean. I think that's yes. all the word is. I think that's all the word is. If I say something and you know what I mean, that's a word. You know what I mean? Are you are you typing it in? Yeah. Prolificity? Uh, Prolificacy? Yeah, I was like, is it prolificness? Uh, it's, it's probably that. Yeah. I I, well, prolificity, add it to your dictionary, oh, folks. It's a new word. Prolificity? Prolificity? Yeah, but his – so Stephen King's know. thing is that – he breaks it down into simple terms. He's like, I just write six pages a day every day, and I can that that means I can get like three books done in six months or some shit like that. You know, it's like if you just write six pages a day, you know, for but and, and so dude, people like and listen, me and you have only written two books, and it's not like we can consider ourselves fucking authors. We technically are like by definition, yes, we're authors, but like, you know, you you get what I'm saying. You yeah, hear, also we don't make it up. It's not yeah, to yeah. me. Fiction, fiction's way art, different. Art, it's harder. Nonfiction, not yeah. to me. It's just like light worlds apart. Yeah, I go back and forth on like whether fiction or nonfiction is harder because it's like, well, like well, in non in nonfiction, you have to be completely right, otherwise you'll get cussed out. But in fiction, you can just fucking say whatever you want. But like, you also have to follow your own rules. You know, nonfiction though. There's a different. Yes, like heavily researched nonfiction, Historical like that nonfiction. book you're yeah. reading. Reading, yeah, yeah. yeah. That shit's That's harder. hard. The yeah. little research, all that stuff. But like, we just write like essays, and, yeah, anecdotal stuff, and yeah, shit, and so. that's way easier. But dude, even way in easier. even in that, let me explain to everybody who hear who maybe you don't write and you hear, oh, six pages a day, shit, buddy, that tear me out of my fucking frame writing six, like because like it also means six good pages. You know what right. I mean? It's well, that was six. my first thought. It's like, does he? When does he edit? Like he, yeah, just, right. You know, six a first draft of six pages or he completes six pages yeah because it's pretty different yeah i gave myself when we were writing this past book there for a while i had myself on a schedule of like oh i'm gonna try to write i'll write 10 pages a day this week and like there was a week where i did it don't get me wrong but like after i did that i cannot imagine doing that every day for my life which apparently stephen king does like he does that every day me and you have 
a moment in time where we're writing a book and then we stop writing a book and we go on with our life. This motherfucker is perpetually writing books, which is crazy. Anyways, uh, subject line, inappropriate outburst at the drugstore. I was listening to POA on earbuds while running errands, and while in the middle of our small town's very busy pharmacy, my phone glitched and threw me off the earbuds and began loudly bro- oh. <laughs> and began loudly broadcasting the pod. Suddenly, oh, no. <laughs> suddenly, and very loudly, Trey's country ass voice bellows, "Hell, call it Mexican if you want to. I ain't doing no fucking Yankee swab." <laughs> <laughs> perfect example of saying a thing and our accent making it sound way worse than intended that's hilarious that is that is fucking great sorry i got one more here but i got uh oh yeah here we go uh subject line sentinelese ain't got (laughs) sentinelese ain't nothing to fuck with right Hello, thanks to David Anthony and Gareth Reynolds for introducing me to your existence. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, the the folks over at Dollop. I really appreciate that. Been been being told that was one of their most popular episodes, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, you touched on the Sentinelese people on episode forty. Being curious, people, you may have done some further research. If not, I want to point you to a couple of podcast episodes about how they became so isolated. Robert Evans of Behind the Bastards did a pretty thorough history of how Europeans fucked over neighboring island inhabitants. I don't blame them for wanting to keep to themselves. I wish I could chuck a spear at some of the people soliciting goods and services to my vinyl-clad domicile. Attached is a screenshot I made because I'm too inept to send a link. Thanks for the deep thoughts introspected, interspersed with immature laughs. That seems to hit for me. I love that they've already picked up on the hit parlance, even though not, you know what I mean? Uh, And all it was, it's screenshots of the, uh, of the podcast that we can there listen to. Thank you, Tyler. That is awesome. Uh, That makes me so happy to hear that, uh, you know, somebody has just now found us, but you know, that's neat. Uh, speaking of which, before we leave, that's the airmail. And remember, you can email us at puttingonairs at gmail.com. We're missing limericks. Why did y'all give up? God damn it. We need content that comes from you so we don't have to do anything. What do you not get about this? All right. But I did want to point out that uh, people don't know this because this is inside baseball, but I find it funny. We just signed a deal with Cumulus Media, uh, and one of the perks of that deal was that they were going to do radio advertisements for the show. And I didn't know when that started, but I do know that it has started because over the past three days, I've gotten three separate messages from people in different parts of the world going, holy shit, I heard putting on airs on the radio station today. And I wanted to point out and, I, and, you know, I don't know if it's happening on other radio stations, but every single one of these people, it was while they were listening to a country radio station. Yeah. And I get why, cumul- like, in Cumulus's mind, they're like, these guys are Southern. We're going to put them on country radio mm-hmm. station. And that hits for me because I know that a lot of our fans do like country, mm-hmm. but I am, like, really excited for the people who are listening to country music, don't know shit about us, and are like, I'm going to give that show a shot. And then I'm, I'm really excited to start hearing some of those people contribute to the airmail. I will say, I mean, you know, on this show, we don't delve into politics or anything no. as a general rule. This show, Some of those people, this show could uh, very well still hit for. If they then look into the rest of this universe, yeah, you know, right. they're going to be pretty taken aback. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But, yes, if they're more I just more think like, they're going to think we're queer. 
if they're more like conservative Christian types or whatever, we get, you know, we get pretty, you know, wild in that regard, talking about kissing Satan's butthole and stuff. So yeah, there's some things they might take issue with. Yeah, and that sure. was, I was literally just thinking they were going to hear us talking about bacon bread and be like, God damn, they're a discredit mm -hmm. to the race, you know, but uh, yeah. Well, either way, so that's the air mail. Remember, putting on airs at gmail.com. We appreciate y'all sending those. Sincerely, though, keep sending the limericks. Um, thank y'all for liking, downloading, subscribing, telling your friends. Our numbers are growing every week. The big PP, uh, the big, it's BPP. The BPP mm -hmm. informs me, and that makes us very happy. We would love to continue to grow the show. So, as always, I think the best way to do that is for all of y'all to pick one person this week that doesn't listen to the show, but you think might like it and tell them about it. Hell, send them a text with one of the episodes in a link. Force them. Absolutely force them to listen to it. And we've had a great time. And uh, Trey, any thoughting parts? Thoughts. <laughs> no, just check out my special on my YouTube channel and uh, keep coming back and uh, stay fancy, motherfuckers. That's right. I also go to parttimefunnyman.com and get my bonus stuff. Stay fancy, motherfuckers. Skew. Skew. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody Debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.